welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, well, thank you so much, Paul, for the introduction. Uh, welcome, everybody, to this episode of Demand Gen Radio. We are kicking off summer, so I hope you are enjoying some family time coming off of Memorial Day weekend and right in the middle of summer. Today on the program, I've got Carrie and Terry, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to mess that up at some point. But, guys, thank you so much for joining. Both of them are senior research directors over at Sears Decisions, and unless you've been living under a rock for the last month or two, you know that Sears has released a new demand waterfall, and that is the focus of today. So, guys, thanks for joining. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Dave, for having us. Well, you are welcome. I'm very excited. Uh, As you guys know, I first, you know, caught religion. I didn't get the tattoo, not like some of you guys have, but I definitely caught religion about the demand waterfall a long time ago when Rich, your founder, and I met, and we've been working with clients for years on implementing uh, the demand waterfall and wrote a book a few years ago on lead management and make a lot of references to it in Chapter 3 and throughout the book. So it was very exciting for me at the conference when you guys unveiled the new demand waterfall, which we'll talk about uh, today. But I got to say, it was like kind of like the Rosetta Stone. Like all of a sudden, you guys unveiled all the mobile phones came out, the iPads came out, where people were taking pictures like crazy. There's been tons of articles on on LinkedIn. So I'd like to get your guys' perspective because I'm just watching this all unfold. But what do you think as as a reaction to the new waterfall? Uh, It's been great, right? And and I said during the presentation that unveiling the waterfall was the highlight of my career. It was a really fun experience, and you know, seeing everybody's excitement and people taking pictures, and and certainly all the articles that have been written about it since then, uh, and the phone calls we're getting. It's been a really, really fun, really great experience, and and reaction um, has been really positive. People, people think that the waterfall. Uh, really does a good job of reflecting kind of the newer business processes we're seeing in demand creation. And yeah, there's certainly some questions and, and you know, interest in, in how we implement this waterfall, but, but the reaction we're seeing is very positive. Yeah, and uh, I would just add to that to say, you know, a lot of the, there definitely have been uh, people who are concerned, like, how are we going to do this? And can I do this? Is it really possible? Is it science fiction? Um, and, you know, one of the things that's really cool, and we'll get into the details here, I'm sure, in a couple of minutes, but one of the things that's really great about this, we think, is that um, the questions that you have to answer for your organization to be able to implement the demand unit waterfall are really valuable in and of themselves. And so we'll talk probably about what a few of those things are. But just going down the path and moving toward, down the path toward implementing, we think is going to be really great for your organization, even if you don't get all the way there in the next six months, nine months, or a year or so. Yeah, when when folks reach out to me, I mean, LinkedIn's kind of lit up with a lot of coverage of the new waterfall, and I was asked to, to give a point of reference on it, and I will come back to that, as you said, in the kind of implementation. You know, I expressed that the frameworks are phenomenal. What the challenge always is is the implementation of the framework because it involves people and process. But before we get into implementation and, and really just more definition around it, I think we should start off with the why. It's always, as Simon Sinek would say, start with the why. So why did Sirius unveil a new demand waterfall in the first place? What were you guys seeing happening out there that, that led to this? 
So, so let's do a little history you know, to understand why. And so, as you mentioned, you've been a waterfall disciple for a long time, right? And, and so in 2006, we introduced um, you know, the first version of the waterfall, and, and it became the industry de facto standard for the stages you have in the lead management process and how you measure and how you track. And uh, over a period of about six years, we saw changes occurring. And we saw changes in technology, changes in process, where marketing automation started getting a huge amount of traction. Uh, the role of teleservices, teleprospecting, became much more significant, and there were technology investments you know, made there. Um, and, and we also had interest and need to show a holistic view of demand, and not just what marketing was generating, but also what tele and what sales to generate, and so in 2012, you know, we we introduced a, a new waterfall we called the rearchitected waterfall, and, and that that waterfall added some stages. It, it allowed us to see, you know, kind of we call them automated qualified leads, but that's basically lead scoring. Uh, and we added input and output for tele, so we could see what was happening there. And we added some new stages for tele hunted and sales hunted leads, and that gave a holistic view of, of all all things demand. Um, and, and now it's 2017, so we've had five years since 2012, and, and guess what? I mean, technology and process continue to change, and so you know we're seeing things like you know personas being operationalized, and, and not just personas, but organizations realizing they need to think about groups of personas, or, or we call them buying groups. Um, you know, there's also new technology where we can get insight into the interest and intent of buyers before they actually engage with us. So that kind of begs the question of when do we actually start measuring and defining when the waterfall begins? Um, and then the other big driver was account-based marketing, right? Account-based everything where, uh, you know, we, we start generating lots of uh, responses from multiple people within an organization, and and they're formed in buyer groups, and that started to change the definition of what we think we need to measure. And so kind of based on those three key drivers, we said, okay, it's time to reevaluate the waterfall uh, and look at the models and, and really ask key questions like who's the buyer, you know, when did we really start measuring and, and, and driving you know, kind of insight into the demand creation process and then we stood back and said, and, and you know, with all the stages we have, do we need new stages? Do we need to change the definition of some of the existing stages? And so as we use all of that, two weeks ago at Summit, we introduced a, a new waterfall. And, and it actually, it's a member of the waterfall family, but it has a very distinct name, and, and we call that the demand unit waterfall. I think that's an important distinction, Terry, that, that people understand, which is it's not that this has replaced the previous frameworks and methodologies. In fact, you know, maybe this is a controversial view, but I believe the right taxonomy and the right framework is the right adaptation of these principles into someone's particular business. You don't have to measure yourself and, and align yourself exactly to the structure. At least that's my belief system from my experience uh, implementing them with the team. But, you know, framework's a great starting point. And what's, what's really different about this, Terry, maybe it's a question for you, Carrie, is you introduced a really fundamental new concept or term, and that was a demand unit. And you know, when you are implementing lead management or even the waterfall, previous waterfalls in a marketing automation and CRM system, these are record-based databases. They are individual contacts and records, so you can score a record. Until the ABM systems came out, you you really couldn't aggregate scores across multiple constituents you can now so you know just you know maybe a tee up for that what's the demand unit and and why does it matter 
<clears throat> the great question that's a huge part of what we uh, started to look at is when you, uh, the simplest answer to that question is it is the answer to the question what is a buyer in B2B and you know so Terry mentioned that we started asking ourselves some some of these fundamental questions if you go ask B2B marketers and salespeople uh, analysts at serious decisions what is a buyer you get as many different answers as you have you have people that you ask mm-hmm. and we thought that well, that's a little bit alarming right if we can't really agree on what a buyer is and and so the demand unit is really intended to do that and it's this in between point where you say it's, it can't be an account because we know that we have multiple buyers within an account and it can't be an individual because individuals don't usually buy by themselves in b2b and they work as a group and so that's what it really comes down to is it's a group of people who are activated to solve a problem for their organizations. Um, and that group and the problem that they're trying to solve, they have characteristics. And those characteristics, when you define them, that's what your demand unit is. So we know that certain buyer personas are involved. Uh, we know that those buyer personas have specific needs for the organization that they're trying to solve, for their own department, for themselves. Um, when you look at that together, that's the demand unit. And, and when we say demand unit, it really comes out of saying that's the fundamental unit that organizations need to define. You know, what is that thing that we're trying to attract and then engage and qualify, convert through the demand waterfall? So in a nutshell, that's the demand unit. There's a lot of fun detail to, to get into underneath that. But it's that, it's that thing that you need to go out and find and then attract, engage, and qualify. We, we've got to remember as marketers, right, nothing has changed. There's still always B to I. We're always marketing to an individual, and in some places that, that individual is a consumer, and it's impulse buy. As you talked about, the, these are B2B frameworks, and we're, we're selling to businesses, and those businesses have a group, has a buying committee. What, were there other terms, just, just from a trivia perspective? <laughs> what, was there a suicide squad? Was there a squad? Was there a group? You know? Yeah, there were a number. You know, it started off, uh, I think Terry had a, 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 a view of this as a kind of a, a demand molecule, and I had it as a demand atom. We had we had it at one point. We were, we were looking at cellular views, yeah, all, all kind of different paradigms, yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of great ways to think about it, but at the end of the day, we wanted to keep it as straightforward as possible for, for our audience. And you know, one other thing that's, I think, a useful – there was a useful stop along the way toward the demand unit name, which was we were calling it for a while the Opportunity Waterfall. Um, mm. And that's significant in that what we're really saying, if you think about it, is think of that opportunity that a sales rep needs to have to put into their pipeline. What does that thing look like? How would you define that? And then let's take that thing and move it right up to the top and say, marketing, that's what we're looking for. Right? Go out and find us those things uh, and attract them and engage them and qualify them and all of that. So we didn't. We didn't want to leave it at that at the end of the day, but that's really what it is. No, it makes makes sense, and uh, I think you know I'm, I'm glad you avoid more of the the science. I remember when the Nautilus was introduced, people were scratching their heads a little bit. I mean, the simpler that this can be to grok, the the better in a unit. I don't know if anyone had a military background, but right, you know, is is what what was apparent to me when you guys were unveiling it is there's almost a waterfall within the waterfall, right? Because every every person that's involved in the buying committee goes through 
that awareness and interest uh, stage. But, you know, rolling it up to the unit model certainly provides um, a new framework for what has become a very ABM-centric uh, world in, in B2B marketing. Hey, let's do this. We've got a lot still to cover, and I don't want to start into a new topic and then take a break. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with Terry and Kerry and talking more about demand units and the new Serious Decisions Demand Waterfall. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered if there's a great book on modern marketing? Well, there is, and it's called Manufacturing Demand. It's written by modern marketing guru David Lewis. It's the number one book on lead generation, and guess what? It's yours for free today as a demand gen radio listener. In the book, David teaches you how to create your demand factory, how to align sales and marketing, how to set up your demand funnel, and he provides you blueprints of the best practices for lead scoring, lead nurturing, and marketing analytics. Plus, the book Manufacturing Demand gives you plenty of actionable tips and recommendations, as well as real-world case studies for how leading companies like yours are achieving tremendous results applying these principles. As a Demand Gen Radio listener, you can download a free copy today, manufacturingdemand.com forward slash VIP. Don't wait. Grab your copy today. Just go to manufacturingdemand.com forward slash VIP. Or you can pick up a hard copy, Amazon.com or other fine booksellers, by searching for the book, Manufacturing Demand. And one more quick thought we want to pass your way. If you're considering adopting the new Serious Decisions Demand Unit Waterfall that we're discussing today in your organization, then start by attending the Serious Decisions Tech X conference in Austin, Texas. Coming up this fall, November 1st through November 3rd, conference agenda focuses on providing in-depth insights on how to implement the demand unit waterfall in your marketing and sales tech stack. Then you can get more details by visiting sdtechexchange.com. That's sdtechexchange.com. Check it out. Learn more about how you can put serious decisions, demand unit waterfall to work in your organization today. All right, with all that, let's get back to David and his uh, discussion of serious decisions, demand unit waterfall. Let's talk about the demand map, because that was another concept that was introduced uh, at the same time, and I'm not sure uh, as much has been covered in, on, on that. So, uh, you know, Terry, let's, let's throw that back over to you and, and maybe kind of outline what that looks like and how this uh, integrates with the overall concept of the framework. Yeah, absolutely. So, as Carrie mentioned earlier, you know, demand units are these core building blocks that that connect buying groups and business pains and solutions. And and when we think about the relationship between demand units and accounts, you know, we recognize that that in a lot of cases, a an oper- you know, account represents multiple different potential demand units, right? Multiple ten potential opportunities. And, and so the demand map is a way for us to start to be able to define and articulate and quantify how many potential opportunities or how many demand units exist within the account, right? So we look at how many different target buying groups are relevant to us that we can be targeting. And, and we look at you know, what business needs are we solving and what solutions are we leveraging to, to solve those business pains 
and we lined up at the grid, right? It says, okay, we have seven potential opportunities in this account or five potential demand units. And, and, and what's really powerful, I, I think of the three major things that we introduced at Summit with the demand unit, the demand waterfall, and the demand map. I, I agree. I think this one's kind of flying under the radar screen, but I think it's the most strategic one from the perspective of it's a, it's a phenomenal tool for sales and marketing to align together to, to really articulate around who, here's our buyers, here's the business pains we're solving. And here's how these solutions map to it, and it becomes a roadmap at an account level and also at a market level. Okay? Um, and, and one of the key things when you think about it is, you know, so so if I've identified five potential opportunities or five demand units and accounts, that that's five different points where I want to try to drive demand. And, and I may leverage marketing, or I may leverage teller, or I may leverage sales, or in reality, I'm going to leverage a combination of those resources to engage in each one of those five different potential demand units. Right, and so the demand map provides this backplane to be able to say, you know, here, here's the resources, here's our go-to-market strategy across this map based on all these different potential opportunities or potential demand units that exist. So I think it's a really powerful way to number one, you know, provide a little bit more tangible evidence about the, the order of magnitude of opportunities that exist when we think about a, ABM. Right, and it also gives us a backplane to start to measure our success in, in engagement and coverage in an account. Well, it's very relevant, especially for companies, right, that have, as you said, multiple demand units. And to have this, I don't know if you want to call it a heat map, but, you know, the demand map, which is if I have different products and different buying groups across the organization, a lot of our clients like CenturyLink uh, and some of our really large global enterprise groups, they have products that are sold to very different divisions and business units within their client base. And so the people that are, you know, doing outbound marketing, take another client of ours, Medtronic, right? If they are, they, they've got all their different products uh, for different parts of hospitals and patient care, um, each of those different parts of the organization have their own demand units and then across this demand map what i'd like to see is us being able to create some models that you know think of the 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 bubble frameworks right so where we've got the the larger the bubble the larger the map within this organization the more Mm -hmm. revenue potential and the more engagement that is that is happening there so ways to operationalize that yeah yeah, yeah, some great exactly. visualizations that are possible. The other thing, uh, to the other way to think about it is it's a cross-sell, upsell map. Right? Really straightforward. In fact, another presentation that I did at Summit was on the science of cross-sell and upsell, and that's where we really talked most about these demand maps. Uh, so the demand map is a cross-sell, upsell map in, in your target uh, organizations. Well, well said, for sure. You know, when you introduce uh, these different frameworks over time, naturally people are going to try to compare and contrast how are they different. And there was a lot of new terminology in the stages that were were put into place. So maybe carry back over to you. You know, what were some of the the major changes and differences that you guys outlined to share with the folks that were either not there or maybe still want to revisit that topic um, from waterfall to waterfall? Absolutely. So a couple of the most important salient pieces is when you look at the new demand unit waterfall, it's much simpler to look at. A big part of the reason it's simpler to look at is that we've taken out the way that we're saying we've taken the org chart out of the demand waterfall in the previous version we had marketing uh labeled things we had tele labeled things we had sales labeled things in the new waterfall 
Every stage is about the progression of the demand, not about the part of your organization that's involved in progressing the demand at that point in time. So there isn't any sales qualified lead or sales qualified demand unit in the new waterfall because your organization may vary in which part of it is working with the demand at any given stage. We don't want that to be a point of confusion for the waterfall. We want to depict what's happening to that demand. And then behind the scenes, you know, this is something that you pointed out in uh, something that you wrote earlier. There's detail, and we still need to attend to the detail of who's doing what in our own organizations. But the demand waterfall is now, in a sense, more flexible uh, to allow you to do that. So that's one big difference. Another big difference is that uh, from the very top of the waterfall, we're recognizing that groups of people buy. And so the really key thing here is when, if I get uh, 10, on average, 10 different inquiries from every organization that we're trying to sell to, we want to notice that at the top of the waterfall, group those inquiries together and treat them uh, as they are in reality, as one unit and not as 10 individual events. And that helps align marketing and what they're doing and what they're measuring with sales and what they care about. Right, so those to me are the the two most important differences, uh, and the things I think are going to help drive adoption of this over time. Some of the the taxonomy, some of the lexicon between the different stages that you outlined. I'll be candid, you know, yeah. engaged demand and and the various terms there. You know, unless you've got a definition next to it and you live and breathe this stuff. You might have some confusion as to what's in what stage. What are, what are you guys finding in terms of people, you know, digesting the framework uh, in your accounts and and you know when we when we introduced right SAL and MQL, which was a, a lot of acronyms, we we wrote out definitions right of what a sales accepted lead is and what the little definition is of that. So, do you think there are going to be some challenges with these new stage names, or are you finding that people have a tendency to understand it because they are more well, they're 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 words instead of instead of letters? Yeah, I would say. Uh- Terry, I know you've got uh, some thoughts on this one as well. But first, because we're not we're not dictating your alphabet soup, uh, which you know that alphabet soup has created a lot of uh, a lot of confusion because hardly anybody has adopted exactly yep. uh, the alphabet soup that that we uh, uh, prescribed. But having these simpler names doesn't mean that people don't have to understand what they are. So we get it. And any two-word name is going to fail to communicate the entirety of the uh, of the dimension. But you know, in terms of uh, what those names are, I think people will get them uh, pretty quickly. And then we'll work with everybody to help uh, align what their internal processes are to each stage. But that was my thought on it. Terry, you got thoughts? Yeah, and, and I think probably the most popular slide we had some when all the cameras came out and everybody That's took right. the picture was a slide where we showed the whole waterfall and, and we actually you know kind of defined each stage with with basically a two word buzzword right or soundbite and and so you know it was we target we suspect we connect we evaluate we know we expect we win um, it, it makes it really easy to digest and, and everybody looks at it and goes oh this is cool I get it and, and probably most importantly I think the thing I really like hearing is I can go talk to sales with this language, right? Where if I'm talking MQL and that alphabet soup, it really is confusing. So so people look at it as, hey, this really simplifies, it puts it in a language we can describe. And, and yeah, absolutely, they may wind up using their own terms and their own vernacular. And, and you know, 
know, in reality, in the waterfalls today, there's a lot of, of client-specific terms, and that's fine, right? The whole goal is let's, let's get definitions of stages in the process, and, and if you need to alter them to map your process, that's fine, too, as long as everybody in your organization kind of supports those stages and supports the definitions and it makes sense, That at the end of the day, that's a win-win for everybody. Right. Let's let's finish up with some talks about implementation. You know, one of the, one of the stats that I, I have to say that we beat our chest a little bit about at Demand Gen is that about two thirds of your winners of the ROI award over the past decade have been clients that we have worked with, and you know our 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 mission as a company is is making marketing heroes so when we see them on stage and they're getting the recognition it's it's you know it's so satisfying to know that all that hard work and effort because this is not easy um pays off not only in personal recognition but uh, the impact that it's having on on business but it's not easy and every year people come away from the conference and reach out to us and say, I want to win too. I want to do that too. Like, how do we do that? So what are you guys finding in terms of the major things to consider around uh, implementing the the demand unit waterfall? Um, You know, so I I have uh, one perspective, which is that, you know, we are asking people to do some different things. We're asking them to map contacts and leads to demand units at the top of the waterfall. We're talking, we're asking them to, score demand units rather than just uh, inquiry. So we're asking them to do some difficult uh, things or things that they're not doing today. We're also asking them to understand their target market and understand uh, the active demand stage. But, you know, one of the things about doing all of those things is we think that each one of those things that you have to do to implement the demand unit waterfall, each of those things in and of themselves are going to be good for your organization. Right? So it's really about, it's about the journey itself is rewarding. Now, getting to the end of the journey, we think will be very rewarding, but just being on the journey and getting these questions answered for your organization is going to be a, a, a big plus. What about you, yeah, Terry? And, and I'll, yeah, as I was going to say, I'll, I'll expand on that. And, and I think, um, yeah, so there are some new things to this waterfall, but you can do these new things with existing tech stacks, right? So we have clients that are using marketing automation and, and you know, Salesforce automation like Salesforce or, or Dynamics or whatever, whatever their platforms may be. And, and they're able to do implementation of this new waterfall. Right? Um, the other thing that makes me really excited is, um, you know, if, if you've seen all the buzz and you've seen even at, at the marketplace at, at Summit uh, immediately after we announced this, um, there, there's huge support across the vendor community. And, and so doing things like mapping, right, to be able to say, hey, you know, I've got a new inquiry and, and I want to understand, you know, who they are, what they're interested in so I can align it to the right demand unit. Yeah, there, there's a number of, of companies that have come forward and says, we, we support this and we're you know, adding this to our roadmap. Uh, and, and so things like mapping, things like aggregate scoring, um, you know, might be a little challenging today, but, but we firmly believe that number one, you know, the vendor community is going to be adding technology and make it better. And number two, you know, companies like yours, they will, will help our clients uh, be successful in implementing the waterfall. So, you know, it's a journey that absolutely can be achieved. Uh, it's, I think it's going to get easier and easier over time. And the insight that people are going to get from the waterfall, waterfall is going to be, you know, better and better all the time because now what we're doing is aligning sales and marketing to the same objective, right? It's the same level of granularity. It's an opportunity at earlier stages, uh, but we're talking about, you know, kind of generating and producing opportunities as opposed to, hey, we generate all these leads and, and, you know, sales is still worried about opportunities and there's this disconnect that exists. It's super important that I think everybody who's excited by the idea, again, 
aligning sales and marketing and implementing frameworks like this, right? It, it's not one thing. It starts with culture alignment, you know, a, a desire between sales and marketing to want to work together. It has to involve process definition of how um, we're going to bring this into the organization and change our business processes and how we communicate. And then most important, which is, I think, the hardest part, is the, the technical implementation of what tools we're going to use to operationalize this. How are those tools going to get modified or enhanced? And there certainly is plenty of technology out there to, to make it all happen. It's finding the right tools and doing it in the right way. And as you said, Terry, that's what our team loves doing with our clients is, is stitching all these systems together and providing those frameworks. Well, guys, thank you. Unfortunately, we're out of time. We could probably geek out on this stuff forever. Um, congratulations to you and the entire Sears Decision Team on a wonderful conference uh, in Las Vegas this year. I'm very much looking forward to the Sears Tech Conference coming up in, in Austin, and we'll continue the conversation then. So, guys, thanks so much, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this edition of Demand Gen Radio. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 